0: Grace and mercy and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord that we consider together today is today's gospel from Matthew chapter 16. Imagine for just a moment that you are taking the final exam for a difficult semester class. You have done your best to prepare with long hours of study. The instructor places the test in front of you and there's just one question. If you get it right, you'll pass. If not, you'll fail. So much is riding on that one question. There is, in fact, a single question on which everything depends. The answer to this question determines who you are. It directs you to your purpose in life. It even determines your eternity. Are you prepared to answer the question? Who do you say Jesus is? That's the question that Jesus had for his disciples one day. At first, he asked it in an indirect way. He said, who do people say the Son of Man is? Son of Man is a name that Jesus liked to use for himself. It emphasized that he became truly human and a humble servant. The disciples responded that some people thought he was John the Baptist, Now, not too long before this, John the Baptist had been killed by King Herod. But John was known for boldly and powerfully calling people to repent. And since Jesus was doing that too, some thought John the Baptist had come back to life. Others said he must be Elijah or Jeremiah. Elijah had done mighty miracles in God's name as he called the people to turn from idols Jeremiah had been persecuted and forsaken and despised as he faithfully served the Lord. It would be hard to find three more impressive people than John the Baptist, Elijah, and Jeremiah. Comparing Jesus to them was indeed a high compliment. But those answers were still completely incorrect they failed to answer the one important question. Jesus does not want anyone to fail. So he asked the question again, this time directly to his disciples, but what about you? Who do you say I am? Peter, who was known for speaking up quickly, was the one who said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Peter had the right answer. Who is Jesus? He's the Messiah. The promised, anointed, chosen Savior. And not only is he truly human, he is also fully God, the Son of the living God. Now, how did Peter get the right answer to that question? Jesus explained that only God the Father can convince someone that Jesus is the Son of God and the only Savior. And this fact, Jesus said, is the rock-solid truth on which he builds his church. Every believer knows and trusts Jesus alone as Savior. This is the enduring truth Cornerstone, the solid ground of faith, the truth to which every person in Jesus' church clings to by faith. As another hymn says, all other ground is sinking sand. So what about you and me? Who do we say Jesus is? There are people in our world who say that Jesus was a good teacher who offers good advice to live by. Others will say he was a noble individual who cared for the poor and the marginalized. But if Jesus is just a good example for us to follow, where does that leave us? It leaves us on the sinking sand of our own failures to follow his example. And his example was perfect, sinless obedience to all of God's will. Anything less than perfection, that's a failing grade in God's book. Anything less than holiness results in separation from God and suffering for sin. We can see why having the right answer to this question is so important. Who is Jesus? The Messiah, the one whom God sent, the one who came to live without sin in our place to achieve the holiness that God demands of us, the one who came to die because nothing less could satisfy the wrath of God over sin and pay for our sins. And when we know Jesus like this, know him as the Messiah, the promised Savior, then we know who we are. That we are sinners who need a Savior. Sinners who turn from sin in repentance and trust that He died to forgive us all of our sins. We see God the Father make Him sinful with our sin. And then God the Father treated Jesus like a guilty sinner the way that we deserved to be treated. But now in Christ, God declares you not guilty and treats you the way Jesus deserves to be treated. Notice who God says you are now. You are his forgiven son or daughter, dearly loved, purified of all sin by the blood of Jesus' cross. The son of the living God gives you life that will not end. You know who you are when you know the answer to the question, who is Jesus? So how did we come to know this correct answer? Again, it's not something that we figured out on our own. But God the Father made it known as he sent his Holy Spirit through his word. And the Holy Spirit has opened your eyes of faith to see Jesus, the solid rock of truth on which you stand. He has given you faith to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And he assures you that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved when you know that jesus is the messiah your promised savior then you are blessed to know who god says you are but what about those who don't know the answer to the question won't we want them to know too i'm sure you know at least one person who doesn't know who Jesus is. Maybe you are familiar with someone who refers to Jesus as the man upstairs. And they might say something like, I can talk to the man upstairs on my own, I don't need church. Or they might say, I try to be a decent person because the man upstairs is watching. Do they have the right answer? Jesus is not merely a friend in high places whose favor can be bought with occasional efforts to be a decent person. He's not the man upstairs. He is the Son of God and the Son of Man who came to rescue us from sin and death. And he wants each one of us and every person on earth to know exactly who he is and what he has done. And so that's why we hear Jesus say in today's reading, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now Jesus spoke these words first to his disciple Peter. But he's not the only one. To whom the keys to the kingdom of heaven have been given." After Jesus rose from death, he spoke these words. These words that give the keys that forgive sins or withhold forgiveness. He gave those keys to all of his disciples. And do you know who that includes? It also includes you. Each one of you has been given these keys to the kingdom of heaven. You have these keys that open the door to a life of peace and privilege as a child in the family of God in Jesus' church. You have these keys that will open that door that looks like a grave, but will welcome you to your eternal home. And when someone gives us keys, it's both a privilege and a responsibility. When your parents let you have the keys to the car, it was a privilege to be able to drive on your own, but also a big responsibility to drive carefully so that you and anyone with you would safely arrive at your destination. As Jesus has given us the keys to the kingdom of heaven, He wants us and others to arrive safely at the destination, safely in heaven. And the only way to arrive safely in heaven is to know exactly who Jesus is, to turn from sin in repentance and to find in him alone forgiveness and life. And every time we confess, Be merciful to me, a sinner. God's key to heaven opens the door to God's unconditional, undeserved love. The Lord who is compassionate and gracious and slow to anger and abounding in love and forgiving wickedness and rebellion and sin, that he opens the door to God's complete forgiveness. It loosens our guilt from us that would have been wrapped around us like a padlocked chain tightly trapping us. Forgiveness unlocks and loosens those chains of sin and guilt so that they fall away completely. And whenever someone repents, it is your privilege to use that unlocking key that unlocks their padlocked chain of sin and guilt, that declares to them that Jesus has removed their sin from them forever, and assures them that Jesus has opened the door to a place for them and his family now and forever. You have the privilege to use that key. But what about the other key? the one that tightly binds sins to a person and warns them that they are not forgiven? Should we ever tell someone that Jesus has not forgiven them? We must never withhold forgiveness in personal anger if someone sins against us. We are always personally to forgive others as God has forgiven us. Jesus is speaking here about someone who refuses to repent. Someone who will not admit their sin or acknowledge who Jesus is. To them we are to say, your sin still clings tightly to you. And it is dragging you away from God's love and toward eternal judgment. But make sure that we never speak those words with any self-righteousness. But only with love and concern. Because we want them to repent. We want them to know who Jesus is. So that they will turn from their sins and trust that Jesus died to forgive them too. And so Jesus tells us to continue to pray for them and to encourage them to repent. And whenever someone does repent, quickly and thankfully, use that unlocking key of forgiveness to free them from their sin and guilt. One important question on which everything that really matters depends Who do you say Jesus is? God not only asks us that question, he graciously in his word gives us the answer. Jesus is the Messiah, my Savior from sin, who gave himself for me so that I may have life in his name now and life with him forever. Believe that with a thankful heart, and declare that with your life and with your words, so that others too can have the answer to that one important question. When you know who Jesus is, you know who you are. Amen.